we're back with another Q&A episode with the Red Dot Fitness crew, and we're taking questions from the audience. We love all the questions, and we appreciate you guys asking. If you'd like to hear your question asked and answered here on the show, well, it's easy. Just reach out to us. You can hit us at Red Dot Fitness on Instagram or email us, info at red.fitness.net. That's info at red.fitness.net. By now, you likely know that human growth hormone, or HGH, is a key component to things like performance, metabolism, and workout recovery. What you probably don't know is that before the body ever uses HGH, it has to be converted into what are called growth factors. These growth factors made by HGH are cellular signals that are sent into your blood to signal the cells to work on things like building muscle, burning fat, production and upregulation of certain hormones while downregulating others, and speeding up the healing process. So, by adding back in growth factors, you can tell your body to do the same thing that HGH does. This is why I use and stand by BioPro Plus. BioPro Plus is a genetically activated formula of pure, non-synthetic growth factors I take every morning so I get the same benefits of HGH without the need for annoying doctor's appointments, prescriptions, or needles. What this has meant for me is that I get a natural and legal alternative to boosting my fitness, recovery, and performance without the weird shit that comes along with the black market or those annoying doctor's appointments. So listen, what I've learned over time is that there's a huge difference between using BioPro daily and taking time off. I recently experimented with a two-week break from my daily BioPro routine, and I have to tell you, I will never do that again. The difference was palpable and visible not only to me, but to those who know me best. I recommend BioPro to any male over 30 who wants to look, feel, and perform better in the gym, on the mat, in the bedroom, and the game of life. And if you really want to party, you should also check out their sleep formula. I take it nightly, and it's been a total game changer for me. It can help you sleep deeper and ultimately leverage the benefits of your morning dose of BioPro alongside all your hard work in the gym. So to find out more, check out bioproteintech.com and follow them at bioproteintech. Then use the code IRONSIGHTS. That's IRONSIGHTS, just like the podcast, to save at checkout. Welcome to IRONSIGHTS. This podcast candidly seeks to create opportunities and deliver impact by sharing the experiences and wisdom of successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders who unapologetically aim to win in health, fitness, business, and life. I'm your host, Scott Howell. Welcome to Old School Meets New School. Tradition meets innovation, and imperfection meets excellence. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Let's, uh, let's get started with the questions. What are effective weight loss strategies for individuals with busy schedules? Here we are, back to the busy schedule question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Uh, everybody's busy, mm-hmm. right? Uh, everybody has their own schedule. And what you perceive as busy might be not very busy or way more busy than somebody else's perception. Uh, I get it. I want to appreciate it. But I also don't want to sign off on, you know, if you if you are busy, that's a reason not to take care of your health and your wellness. So, you know, the nutrition side of things is something that kind of happens or should be happening all the time. Uh, just like your exercise, your, your, your mindfulness, your, your rest and recovery and everything else. So how do you do that effectively on a busy schedule? Well, the first thing is, is I think define what the schedule is. Like, what is the schedule? Because Regardless of what the schedule is, your body has needs, your performance demands or whatever you're doing from like from a performance perspective will create demands or needs for the body. And you're going to need to plug these holes, you know, somehow. Uh, so 
understanding what the actual schedule is, is really important. And I think a lot of times when people get busy, they just default to, oh God, I'm so busy. Versus in, and they don't, they, they start to plan less. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't mean that in, in a way like they just kind of throw up their hands. I just mean like, oh man, I have so many things to get through tomorrow. This goes back to our periodization talk, talking about like, do you know what you're doing in a week from now? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when you get super busy, I know what I do. Like I get in the moment, I get focused, like blinders on, and I might not be able to see three hours For sure. into front. I, don't, I just need to get this well, process. All of a sudden you're hungry. And all of a sudden you're hungry, mm-hmm. right? I think most people can relate to that. Or all of a sudden, like my workout just got sabotaged because that new project or that fire at work just happened and I have to put it out somehow. Mm-hmm. Those Some things are quote unquote unavoidable, but what isn't avoidable is the fact that your body has demands nutritionally and you may be placing additional demands on your body through your exercise and, you know, stress profiles and, and things like that. So we got to get a handle on it. Mm-hmm. So the, the question is like, what are the tips? Like what, what are the strategies that we can use? Effective weight loss strategies for individuals with busy schedules to me that would be nutrition. I mm. think, you know, that's something that you can always focus on based on the demands and the stress uh, that you're putting upon yourself. So if you're not going to be exercising, then make sure that you're getting in your, your, your protein. You know, if you're going to be exercising then put your carbohydrates um, around your exercise times, whether it's before or after, as far as where you're finding time to work out, maybe you're, looking at your strength training program and maybe you're having to do it in the morning or maybe you take a day off and sometimes a few days off and getting some leisurely walk to and from your car to work or around the neighborhood after dinner or something like that. Maybe that's not as stressful on your body and your body can actually thank you for that um, and downregulate. Here's the thing with losing weight. Again, this is what I meant about the fundamental things. The basic stuff never really changes. Weight loss is, 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 it doesn't start and stop here, but it has, it largely has to do with a energy balance equation, right? Obviously, if you want to lose weight, you're going to have to be in a deficit. However, if that was the case and that worked all the time, then everybody would lose the weight that they want to lose. It doesn't ever work like that. It's never solely about the food that we eat mm-hmm. or in or how much. There are many other factors. We talk about them on the show all the time. But what can I manage? What are the strategies to managing and what are the strategies to managing those things? So I think first off is understanding where you currently are, right? Take the time. You're going to have to carve out some time in your busy schedule to understand where you currently lie. Try figuring out where your total daily energy expenditure is. Super easy. Go direct to rdfguides.com and we have a TDE guide there. That'll tell you about how many calories. It'll it'll help you work out about how many calories you need. And you can even kind of work through the macros there. That'll give you at least an idea of where you are now and where you should be shooting for, right? So that's a good place to start because now you have a goal. Right now you have something you can kind of put your finger on in terms of, well, I'm not eating enough calories, so I need to put more calories in my system. Mm-hmm. What are the strategies to doing that? Where well, you're going to have to plan a little bit. What I need to plan my shopping trip, right? So when I do go to the store, do I have a, do I have a list of things that I know that are going to help me fulfill these needs? How do I know it needs to be on this list? I mean, you mentioned it, uh, CC, like what do I choose? Well, this in my strategy, choose things that you know you can control, right? And are manageable. Mm-hmm. both in the short and the long term. So like I'm going to eat more protein, right? That's a great one. For people that want to lose weight, 
almost a hundred percent of the time, nearly a hundred percent of the time, they probably should be having, they should probably have more, more, uh, protein in their diet. Right. Period. And that starts to offset a lot of things. We're not going to get into all of them on the show, but one of them is fulfilling the caloric intake yep. need. Secondly, like how your body partitions macronutrients in order to met- and metabolize those things and where the fat burning sort of starts and stops or the calorie burning sort of starts and stops. So that might be one, one way of looking at it. But again, like understanding what your needs are, right? For your ability to lose weight. If you are unaware of where that is or what those needs are, then what we're doing, what are we grasping at yeah. here? We're just hoping and we're going to continue to come back yeah. when my, my schedule is so busy. Understanding what your needs are, I think, is a is an important strategy. Uh, second, second part is, as you mentioned, the movement piece. Like, how do I, for weight loss, it, again, it's never solely just about the foods that we eat. There's also, like, what's going on from an energy expenditure perspective. And obviously, your your movement plays a big part of that. You mentioned like maybe I'm taking walks at, at work at lunchtime or whatever. maybe that's the movement that I can get mm-hmm. in during the day. I can handle a conference call or a, sit in on one of those boring calls with five other people where I don't hardly even say anything. I just have to listen, can have the earbuds in and I can be doing my walk uh, in, a, in a quiet, quieter environment or something like that. That That's one way to, to kind of manage that. Um, but like, where am I going to put it in? Like, what am I going to do and what is that going to look like? And if I'm not going to do it, then understand how that impacts other things. Let's not have an unrealistic expectation Mm -hmm. about how much weight I'm going to lose or not lose. Right now, I'm just focused on the protein. And I, because I know long term, that's going to benefit me until I get to a point where I, uh, okay, now I'm ready to establish more of a regular exercise routine. So setting a a realistic expectation about those things, like, am I going to move more? If I'm going to exercise, start easy and work your way up. So again, not picking goals or or, ex, or setting expectations for yourself that ultimately you can't. Unrealistic. You, you can't fulfill yeah. those. Right? I see that happen to people all the time. Well, I'm going to doing it this time. I'm five days a week, joining the gym, going to classes. But half the time, they never even get through the first week, right? And if they do, getting through that second week is, you know, let's just say yeah, falls off exponentially. Like they can't handle it. It, It's already, you're, you're asking too much of yourself. And the first thing you're going to default to is that busy schedule when, when you don't feel like going or when it, when it gets too tough. So I think again, managing your expectations, but, but setting realistic ones is, is super important. Do you have any basic strength training tips suitable for beginners? Got a ton of them. (laughs) Let's handle, handle them kind of one at a time. I mean, I would handle this question as like, what are, what do you think the biggest misconceptions are or the biggest, well, maybe put it this way. What are the biggest mistakes like beginner lifters make entering into a program? Too much too strength. soon. Yeah. <laughs> too yeah. much too soon and um, having unrealistic expectations. I'm going to the gym every single day. Yeah. I think those are two of the, the biggest ones right there. Like the first one being the expectation piece. Like, what do you reasonably expect to happen here? Uh, and having uh, like that immediate, gra- or, and wanting that immediate gratification is a pitfall. Uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a trap for sure. I, I would agree as well. So as, I mean, as I'm coming out of a strength phase, let's say I max out on a squat at 300. As I come into the next Basic time. Basic strength training tips. Basic strength training tips. Yes. So for basic strength training, 
Okay. For beginners. For beginners. Doesn't okay. matter what number you're at, right? The next time that you may come into that strength phase, it might be five or 10 pounds over. You, it does not mean that you are strength training, that you're all of a sudden going to be 50 Got it. to Massive 100 pounds in, in loads, on a right. lift. Okay. It's nice about going low, slow, and making sure that your form is phenomenal. It's execution over weight, right? It is form over weight, meaning my execution and my intention in this lift are pristine. And from that movement, I am going to increase weight over time. Setting ex- uh, re- reasonable expectations, I think, is a really important place to start. And I think the thing that people get carried away with is the too much too soon that in a couple of different ways. One, that they think they need to be lifting more. And when I say more, I don't necessarily mean more weight yet. I'm talking like more volume. Mm-hmm. That they have to have all of these exercises done in order to hit all the things that are on the anatomy chart that hangs on the piece of equipment at the gym or whatever. Like when I do this exercise, I train these muscles, right? So God, that's only three, but I see all these other muscles. So I got to do the machine that hits those. I think that's a, that's a, a a pitfall that, that a new lifter falls into. They have to have all these different exercises in order to get an effective strength uh, building or like weightlifting or even bodybuilding type routine done. Uh, They're jumping in kind of to to too much too fast. Like the, the the second part of that is like how many reps and sets do I need to do? That's also they're jumping into too much or more than they need to do. So not only are they trying to do all these exercises, they're going like I have to do three sets of, you know, this many repetitions on every one of these exercises. So I think that is a pitfall that folks fall into. Uh, and then I think the other part is, is like they're not allowing their body to respond to the stimulus that they're giving it. Again, given those other pitfalls we just talked about, sure. they're not giving themselves enough time to recover in order to reap the rewards of the work that they're putting in mm-hmm. with whatever exercises they're doing and however many reps and sets. So if I've got a new lifter, what I want them to understand or a new, uh, somebody that's new to the to the gym, what I want them to understand is a couple of very key concepts. One is that the, the, the goal is to give the body the minimum effective dose possible in order to get the maximum result. Beautiful. And so that is oftentimes much less than what you might think, uh, especially as a beginner. But this is also the advantage of being a beginner um, or even a novice, a total novice at this that has very little skill or background in this at all is that man, you can get some really great results and probably way less work than you, um, than you thought. However, there, the, the, a part of it also needs to be is the intention that you're taking to it. And you were mentioning that Jeff a second ago, something else there with regard to doing too much, but also like, if I go in with a really good plan and these are the exercises I got to do, this is the time I have to do it in. And I go in there and I'm really focused on every rep and the skill that's involved in doing that particular movement every single time, I'm going to be in a much better position to reap the rewards of what it is that I'm putting in. And uh, going back to setting reasonable expectations, this is not something you're going to see overnight. However, I will add, like as a new person, you might see, you're probably going to see those, the results much quicker than you would see the person that's been doing it for a long time. Love those novel gains. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like, this is exactly, it's like brand new to the body. The body's like, oh, I have to respond to this. And it does that fairly rapidly Mm -hmm. before it kind of slows down. And now you have to really manage a a, a little bit more carefully. So. What are the the tips or strategies for the new the, the new lifter, the beginner? One is to again 
set some realistic expectations about a couple of things. Like, what are your goals? No, you're not going to put on 10 pounds of muscle in a month, in the first <laughs> month. So like what is reasonable? Um, again, that's very individual based on your goals, but set some realistic goals. A part of those that goal setting is how many times a week can I reasonably make it to the gym? Absolutely. Um, but also how many times a week do I really actually need to do this type of exercise in order to get the the result for the goal that I'm looking for? Uh, if, you're, if your goal is to, to put on some muscle and you know build some strength, as a beginner, you do not need to be at the gym five days a week. Nope. You can be at the gym five days a week. I'm not saying you shouldn't go. I'm saying you don't need to be there. Um, if you organize your program right, two to three days a week is a really great place to start for the first couple of weeks. Then maybe you expand that into a few more days or another day or a couple of days. But you do not have to go on this huge body part split routine and be there five days a week. However, if you're like, no, I really need this in my life. Like I need a distraction or I need to be someplace other than home or someplace other than work. It's or, physical and mental. Yeah, there, it, dude, totally get it. In which case, you could be at the gym five days a week. Um, you just want to manage that time uh, 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 effectively and not think that you have to do it all in those five days. So that comes with with uh, getting a, yourself on a program where you're managing the variables over the time that you have to spend. So again, you're giving yourself the minimal effective dose in order to get the maximal uh, gains uh, that you're looking for. So, you know, strategies there are to be on a program that makes the most amount of sense for you. Now, here's the thing I will tell you, like even the most advanced programs look very much similar to the, the beginner program in terms of like exercise selection. Mm -hmm. Look, we're, we're, all we're doing is we're doing some very specific uh, movement patterns. So um, while I wouldn't advise like you go out and you choose, um, you know, the, the pro bodybuilder uh, routine right now, what I will say is like the, the difference in exercise selection between that and the beginner routine probably isn't going to be very different. Just not get confused with that. It isn't the exercise that's being applied, right? It's not the bench press, right? It's the movement pattern nope. and more importantly, how they're doing that. Mm -hmm. Frequency, intensity, yeah. so reps, everything. I think they, the people get, especially for the beginner, they get lost in the sauce. So the strategy is, first off, don't get lost in the sauce. There's nope. some really basic things or principles you need to understand. We just sort of covered those. Um, what, what should that program look like again? If it's three to five days a week, hell, if it's six days a week, it's fine. You, you just need to manage those things. It shouldn't be these three hour marathon workouts. If you're a new, if you're a newbie to this, we're managing things like volume. That is how much work you're doing. How many actual reps and sets are you doing in your workout? Um, what's the intensity of that? Like how many well, you'll hear us talk about like reps in reserve or uh, perceived rate of exertion or rate Tempos. of rate of per perceived exertion. And that gets, that can be challenged through your, uh, yeah, your tempos and obviously the weight that you put on the bar or the dumbbell Absolutely. or this weight stack or whatever else. And I think that's what people, you know, like they get lost with that. Like, oh, my weights went up. Oh, it should go up again. It should come. Yes, you should be progressively overloading your body. That's a basic principle or concept. You need to understand how that applies to you. So that's the concept, again, of progressive overload. Parallel to the concept of individuality, mm -hmm. which is parallel to the concept of the specificity of training. So you need to be choosing a program that helps you get to the goal that you're that you're looking for. Now, so for the beginner going, dude, I just asked a basic question. Like, <laughs> can you just give me the answer? 
I am giving you the answers. I think when people ask this question, what they want are, what is exactly the exercises that I should be doing, right? And how long should I be doing those and how much weight should I be doing in order to get a specific result? You're putting the carp before the horse. The exercise, it's just a movement pattern. Your body doesn't understand. What I will tell you is you don't have to do that many of them to put on muscle, to get in better shape, to be more physically fit. So that's important to understand. Secondly, um, they, they're not resting and or recovering, I think in the way that they need to be, that a lot has to do with the exercise program they've chosen to do. Um, and also just an awareness of like, well, what should I be doing when I'm not at the gym? They think about like the, okay, there's that one hour of the day. What about the other 23 hours of the day? Um, without getting too bogged down in that, like you need to be supporting yourself nutritionally, right? Mm -hmm. So what are the strategies there? Understand the basic components. It's about you need to be getting enough calories. Within those calories, you need to be getting adequate proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. Let's start with the calories, yep. right? Let's just start with the basics, right? Are you getting enough to, to supply your body with the fuel to meet the demands that you're putting it through? That includes the recovery process. Yeah. So in terms of strategies for the beginner, it's trying not to get lost in all the details of the actual workout itself. But when doing that, when you are in the workout itself, understanding the basic components, Again, if I had to set it up like a three to five day a week program, get yourself on a program that's sort of done for you is a great place to start, you know, that hits all the things, right? Um, That takes you through those basic movement patterns without making it too complicated. And to your point, Jeff, it's picking the stuff that helps you develop the skills because the skills are what make the pro bodybuilder uh, different from the novice bodybuilder or the novice weightlifter at the beginning, like their ability to to skillfully perform these movements, skillfully begin to progressively overload. It's your foundation. Manage those tempos. Yeah, it's get those those foundations going. How do you do it? Like, hey, listen, we have programs here that people can get into, you know, on it. Uh, Specifically, like people ask about that Red Dot Fitness Strong program all the time. Like, what is that? Is it max? It's not max strength. For some people, it will be max strength. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Depending on where they're entering into their program, right? Um, but it's not like a powerlifting program. Um, it's it's a program that that progressively builds using the principles we just discussed um, onto somebody's skill uh, skill acquisition, right? Capacity building so that they can actually perform the work that we're that they were asking them to perform, and that builds progressively over time so that you and we've managed those workouts in recovery time for you. So you don't have to really think too much about that. But at the same time, we're providing you some, some education on what's happening during this time. And of course, yes, the exercises, the reps, the sets, you know, how much weight you should be thinking about using that's all in there. That is part of the bigger, bigger hole. So think of it as a bigger P a bigger problem to, to solve than just, what workouts I should be doing and how often I should be doing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, to your point, CC, it's like you, you don't do too much too soon and understand the, that to your point, Jeff, that skills are really important here. Uh, they're, they're very, very important. You're asking your body to do things that it hasn't done before and teaching it how to do those things right is uber important for your, both your short-term, your long-term success. You know, on, um, on that note, I don't remember which episode it was with Caleb, but I thought he did a really good job of breaking down, um, 
how to enter your workout if you're just beginning. I think he was talking more specifically about the physique program, but breaking down the reps and sets and, you know, where to start with your rep range and why, and then um, how you would approach it as you continue to progress. And he talks about what that progression looks like. So I don't remember which episode specifically it was, if it was, you know, Muscle Matters, number 116. 116, 115, and even 117. All of those episodes handle these principles. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the titles of those, it looks maybe like it's a little bit more advanced because we're talking about physique training, but that's where most people are entering in. Yeah. We talk about our physique program in there too, within our membership and how that could be a really great place for somebody to start Mm -hmm. because it is so focused on the skills. And Kayla, I think you even mentioned at one point, the majority of our online members were doing the physique program. Yeah. And the the reason why is because it looks very familiar. They're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I get what this exercise is. There's nothing crazy in there. It's your basic pushing, pulling. Who doesn't want to get better naked too? There's that too. Physique, you're just like. Yeah. I think there's, that's part of it too, is like people are expecting a certain result out of that program and they'll get that oh, yeah. or if, you know, if they're applying things properly. But the way it's also uh, built out, like this is a program where you're, you're in a longer training cycle where you're hitting everything two times in a nine day period yep. or sorry, in an eight day training cycle. So I don't want to confuse the beginner who's asking the question, what are the tips? I would just tell you Six that- Six days on, two days off? The way, yeah, the way we've managed this is, is you hit everything twice, mm-hmm. right? Which means you're not doing three-hour workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're you're hitting things like, you're, you're hitting similar, let's just say body parts yep. twice per week. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're hitting it with the proper amount of volume, reps and sets, and, turn, and you, you manage the intensity on your end. But you're doing that to elicit a very specific response, which is muscle growth, right? Hypertrophy, as well as capacity building for the newer, the newer, uh, newer lifter. The physique program is a great place for people to get involved, um, and, and yeah, that because it is that easy to follow. And when you walk into the gym, here's the other thing that I've noticed about it when when I talk to people is like they're like, yeah, there's no crazy movements in there that I feel uncomfortable doing. Like it's just it's the, all the basic shit. It's the basic machines. It's things like that. And especially if you're a novice, dude, you can get a great oh, result yeah. from that. And then obviously it progresses depending on where you are sure. in your own, in your own journey. So that's a really good point on that physique program. And those like 115 and 116 with uh with Caleb because he he really does a great job of breaking it down. I think it's very um, very digestible for for anybody, but particularly for for the beginner. How can I add variety to my exercise routines to improve overall fitness? I get bored really cool. easy, but I can also I can also get into like this routine of just doing the same thing all all the time. As long as I'm getting a result from it, like Mm -hmm. I, I I will continue to do that, but I understand the need for variety. I was just talking about this, like getting outside and doing stuff. Like I loathe during certain types of things inside the gym, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, like cardio to me is like, I hate it, but when I'm out there on my bike or hiking or whatever. Like, I don't feels think good. about it as no, cardio. It good, yeah. I think about it as like, I'm outside enjoying, you know, nature and I'm getting, a, you know, I'm physically exerting myself. So I'm getting some type of a, a response from that as well, both emotional and physical. Uh, so um, like I get the need for variety. Uh, and I think we've tried to do a really good job as a company and making sure people have 
options for that because we recognize that they need variety. Absolutely. Uh, and they get bored really easily, easily, and they get frustrated when they're not seeing a particular result or that they expect by doing, by choosing a very specific exercise program. And I think there's another part of that is, is we always try to like, we, we like to try to expose people to things that they would probably never do if we weren't there to coach them and help them and encourage them through it. Like For sure. examples would be like some kettlebell movements or like the Bulgarian bags or yeah. things yep. we do with the soupless bands and, you know, just some, some movements that are generally, they, they might look weird. To people and and, yeah. and at, uh, very unconventional, Which and as a result, bad. they're just not going to do them. Yeah, but, and, but when you can teach them, like oftentimes we've said this before, it's a skill. They recognize, holy shit, this is really challenging. Like it's got my heart rate up, my muscles are burning. Like they, I have to burning. think about it too. I got to think about it mm-hmm. too. And man, that was really hard. Uh, I think people want to be pushed, so I think when they're looking, I know they do. I think that's a huge mistake mm-hmm. that a lot of trainers make is they try to coddle or baby their clients on the the premise that they're going to get injured or hurt. I think that's bullshit. Yeah, fuck uh, that. I think you have that concern, but and obviously you manage it appropriately. But at the same time, like no, people want and need to be pushed. So I don't want to say forcing them to do things that they don't want to do. That's not what I'm saying. Get them to do things, encourage them to do things that they've never tried before. Yep. And then we can decide whether or not they want to do it or not. Exactly. And more specifically, understand why they do or they don't want to do it. So coming back, like, how do you add that variety? I mean, how have you added variety to your to your program? Well, I like the gym and I like everything that, you know, one can do in the gym. So, you know, I think the program that I'm on right now, I'm actually doing the physique program. And so for me, that's very different than what I've done in the past because it's the same thing over and over, but I enjoy it. So I've added some variety in my my program by doing a little bit of metabolic conditioning once or twice a week max uh, at the end of a workout. And, um, you know, I'll use the implements that we have on the floor, whether it's medicine balls, kettlebells, barbells, and those types of things. But, you know, it's more up-tempo. Sometimes it's higher volume. Sometimes it's lower volume, heavier loads. But the other thing is too, sometimes I'll, you know, see if somebody else wants to work out with me, you know, or jump in with them. So Kayla and her dad, they work out Tuesdays and Thursday mornings. Sometimes I'll do that or I've come in on a Saturday and I've worked out with them for, you know, 45 minutes, half an hour. And so that's, that's fun as well because, you know, there's somebody else that's quote unquote suffering, but you know, we're having fun and we're laughing and we're, you know, working, but at the same time in between those, those break periods we're we're, you know, kicking back and joking and stuff like that. Yeah. It brings a new, it brings a different energy. Dynamic. Like yeah. getting, getting a, getting a workout partner or working out with your friends is a great way to add. Some I generally variety. work out by myself. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so same with nice. me. Yeah. I haven't had a workout partner in decades. Uh, Probably because I don't think people would really want to work out with me. I'm tired of sweeping them up <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Not because I work out harder than them, but because I'm pretty much I'm quiet. I'm kind of a dick on the floor. I think probably, but 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 the point of that is is yeah, working out with friends or getting getting um, you'll challenge one another. That mm-hmm. adds some variety. Maybe they introduce you to a way to do a particular exercise or some new exercise sure. that you haven't done before. Even if you only do it once. You know, like it's just different. You're challenging your body differently. Does that mean you're not going to achieve the results from your physique program because you did a, I don't know, a hammer dumbbell curl instead of a cable, you know, dumbbell curl? 
Absolutely not. So the, the point of that is, yeah, it opens you up to some things. It might expose you to some things. I, and by the way, I like that energy. I think that energy that when, you know, you, you guys are working out together brings to the floor, it encourages other people. It brings, it brings something to the floor for other people as well. So yeah, I think that's a good way of, of looking at it. I love to suck at something. Yeah, me too. And the more that I just get added to accessory movements where whether it's a one-legged squat, reverse lunge, whatever you want to call it, right? Mm -hmm. Where I can squat really good on two legs, but we take one of these, you know, we bipod it or we do a single lance or we do a reverse lunge. We start getting into more difficulties, whether it's balance, stability, et cetera. Um, I like to suck at that. And I like to look like I suck at that. And then I like to over time progress to where I actually know what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and it feels good to me. It Mm -hmm. feels like I've just created a skill I don't really care what people think about on the first week of that movement. I don't. Yeah, I think that is a great, that's a really great point. Um, I am the same way. I recently, just in the last few years, sort of made a commitment to like being a white belt again in a lot of different things and um, and just going on that journey and accepting like I am not good at this or I'm probably more specifically setting the expectation that I know I'm not going to be good at it walking into it. But then in times finding that like, actually I am pretty good at this. Like, and I got, maybe better at it faster than the average cat or, um, yeah, I'm going to be really bad at this for a long time because I'm not committing the time or the effort because for whatever the reasons are, like I've made something else a priority or I'm really not enjoying it that much, or I'm enjoying something more than this and it's taking my time away. So again, that's the prioritization thing, but I like being the white belt. I love at this point in my life, like knowing that I don't know and, in digging into it a little bit and whether that's just kind of feeling around the movement or picking up something new or revisiting something I haven't oh. done in a long, 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 long time. I think it's a great way to add variety to, to your routine. Keeping this in mind that it's anything you do can be positive, right? If you make it that mm-hmm. way. So it's not taking mm-hmm. away by adding something different that you're not good at. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I mean, there's there's things when we talk about like neuroplasticity and training your brain, it literally trains and changes in form and function when you're asking it to do different things. And I think that is a great way to change, obviously, physically what you're doing, but also mentally how you approach things. Mm -hmm. And so you just mentioned something there, like moving to like maybe more like a single leg or isolateral type movement. Mm -hmm. Like people want to like pick up some different, it's a mace or a kettlebell or, you know, I don't know, a Bulgarian bag or something. They want to do something, you know, different or weird or sexy with it when adding variety to your workout can actually mean let's drop the weight. Let's increase some variability to this workout or to this particular movement pattern by simple as let's just take one leg out of it. And don't, don't don't get crazy. It's supposed to be done a fucking Bosu or a Dynadis. No, 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 no. If you've ever squatted on one leg, you realize all of a sudden, yeah. like, holy fuck, I'm weak. Yeah. And you, <laughs> I, I think most people, a lot of people would be surprised at the strength increases and the muscle mass increases they can get mm-hmm. from doing things like that because now you're becoming maybe more proficient at that specific, you know, at, a, at that specific movement pattern, which then adds to or exponentially adds to the basic squat in this case, right? And that's the goal. Yeah. And, 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 and then so when you, you go back in terms of like whatever your goal was, strength, yep. hypertrophy, or whatever, you recognize that, holy shit, that really Feeling good. impacted me here. And, uh, uh you know, as you've mentioned, and I was trying to state there is just that like, there's this mental piece of like, man, that sucked for a while. And I had to really put in the work and I didn't mm-hmm. like the way I looked doing it. And I necessarily didn't necessarily like the way I felt while I was doing it. 
But man, I gained a lot from that. And there's a certain intensity level that comes with that, like the the mental fortitude plus the physical, you know, exertion of having to go through it can mean a really challenging workout. You know, on that note, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about, you know, adding variety to the workout while it might not be in the gym. That was me with walking in the mornings with the dog when we first got the dog. And now, you know, I think I started out with 30 minute walks and that could be challenging for me at times, just as far as like how my legs felt, how my feet hurt, how my (laughs) hips bothered me because I I used to hate walking, you know. And then over time, it got to... 45 minutes. And now sometimes it's an hour or more. And I actually look forward to it. You know, I'll set my alarm at like 5.15, 5.30. And yeah, there's some mornings where I'm like, oh, okay, just let me lay here for a couple more minutes. But you know, the the mental, I guess, um, mental component that I get relief or de-stress and just being outside in the quiet, in the dark right now in the morning with the dog, there's something to it, you know, and that's adding variety to the walk. Or sometimes I might do two walks in a day and I might go out with Scott in the evening Mm -hmm. when he goes for his walk. And I mean, there's something about just deregulating your nervous system and just being in the moment and being quiet and not having to work really physically hard. Yeah. I love that. Cause that is a huge part of, that's the exact reason I do it. It's like a down regulation time for me, but it is also about Getting, you know, getting that heart rate up just above mm-hmm. where it typically lies, or, yep. you know, at resting or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I'm still, I'm still, uh, you know, uh, oxidative, you know, aerobic state there. It's just very low intensity, burn a few more calories, getting my steps in, but I'm also, you know, out down regulating my brain, maybe sort of multitasking and maybe listening mm-hmm. to a, a, to a podcast and learning or something like that. But um, that's a way to add some, some variety I think there's other things that people want to know, like, okay, that's very sort of idealistic and, you know, I might be able to do that, but the whole, you know, isolateral stuff that doesn't, that doesn't really jive with me. Okay. Listen, there's a lot of domains to fitness that you could add, you know, to, or you could utilize to add variety to your, to your workout. We could look at things like speed, agility, quickness, accuracy, balance, um, mobility, mobility, uh, you know, uh, I already mentioned speed, the power piece, right? Uh, most people think strength, the strength piece, like those are all, those are all things that you could work in, in, in different ways. Yes. Uh, and so you could add all kinds of stuff. Like with if you're the looking, same variation with the same, yeah, yeah, you don't have to work that hard. Like here's an example, like, okay, so you know what, I'm looking to burn a few more calories, but I don't like this hit training that I'm doing or like I don't want to join a class or I'm not going to go out and run. I'm not going to ride my bike. You know, like I've done all like the hit routines and whatever. That's just getting a little boring. How could I kind of stack a few different skills and get a good result or and get some variability in my training that would add to, you know, ultimately maybe my strength, my capacity, even my, and my speed, my agility, my quickness. You know, one thing I think I used to use a lot, um, and I got away from it in my own routine, but I used to use it with clients quite a bit, was the speed ladder. Uh, the speed ladder is something that I don't see being used very often. And I think a lot of it is because people just look at it and they kind of only know one or two things to do with it. And then they kind of get away with it. The other part is, is like, is there a place to set it up? Yeah. You know, like, do you have turf so or whatever or outside or whatever? The speed ladders are, speed ladder was something that I, I used to throw in regularly, like to a warm up. Right. Like 
that would be the warm up. We're working skills. We're also getting the heart rate up a little bit. We're working that fast twitch, slow twitch thing. We're getting the fuel systems or energy systems to kick on and, and do some different things. And it was a time where somebody had to focus because that is a skill. For sure. Right. But that skill translates into a lot of other things. And so do the benefits of waking up the nervous system as it as a means to get uh, more out of your strength and hypertrophy and or power routine. Exactly. So that's like something you could do. I'm just, that's okay. something I pulled out randomly. Going back to what you were, you were saying, Jeff, about being a, a white belt at something or just sucking at something. There was a time where this, this one took a lot for me, but uh, Pilates had just sort of really was making the scene. So we're going back 20 years, right? This is a long time ago. <laughs> So we had, at the time, I was working in the big box gyms. We had this, we had, we had a Pilates instructor. She was like the best that we had, the five gyms I was, I was working in at the time. And so I, I got six weeks of Pilates sessions with her two times a week. I got to tell you, it felt awkward as hell. Uh, I was, I, I was 250, 260 pounds, you know. <laughs> lift on a lot of weights, yeah. you know, and kind of looked silly in there. And I felt silly in there as compared to what else was going on. But I have to tell you, like, I learned so much in that time about myself. And by the way, that shit was hard. Mm-hmm. It was hard for a while. And then yeah. it got to a point where I was like, I'm not really getting the feeling or like the kind of the result. I got beyond the skill building piece and it turned more into like, okay, now I'm, I'm not getting the, the same type of workout. And that was more kind of an emotional piece for me, but it also didn't really suit what I was doing, but it was suit what I was going for longer term. But my point of this is is like, I chose something that I sucked at and I knew I was going to suck at. And so that's a way to add variability. The other thing is do something that you really fucking love that you haven't done in a while. Like get out to the basketball court, play some, pick up basketball. I don't know the fastest growing sport in pickleball. (laughs) (laughs) It's pickleball. I mean, I go, I go to the park and there's literally 60, 70 people out there queued up to play pickleball. And I talked to, I talked to Brandon the other night. He came into the gym. He's like, dude, I'm into pickleball. Like, and I'm like, I start cracking up. I go, yeah, you and everybody else. I go, he goes, dude, I can't get enough of it. He goes, I'm out there all the time. The problem is I just, it's expensive to play. I'm like, bullshit. Go down to the park here, like at like six o'clock and jump in. Because there's, I mean, there's a ton of people doing stuff like this. Six o'clock in the morning as well. The park down the street. They're just as booked. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. so people are people are always doing stuff like that. And I think it, the, the last thing is like, if you're trying to find something that you know maybe fulfills a greater need, right? Like, I always like to find stuff that provides some utility. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys heard me talk about it before. Like, I love ju- I love jujitsu, right? I, I think the BJJ stuff is really great for a lot of reasons. It's not for everybody, but if you really want, you know, you want to literally be a white belt at something and suck at something, um, go give it a try. Like you don't yeah. have to commit to it long-term. Go just try it out and see if you like it or not. You'll find out about a lot of things about yourself real quick. You'll particularly find out a lot of things about your fitness, where you have it, where you don't. And then if you hate the jujitsu, but you recognize, dude, my muscular endurance sucks, <laughs> you know, whatever else, then you can maybe start to apply some of those things uh, in your in your workout routine that, again, would add some some variability. Yeah, Vikram Yoga did that to me. Same. <laughs> dude, I'll tell yeah. you right now, that man. That was after it, the Pilates, but dude, I got... Yeah. There were days where it, yeah. it would might be my whole goal just to not leave the 90-minute hot room and just fucking lay there. I wasn't even doing the postures. I was like, no. You like, and me both. 
Yeah. I just need to breathe. I know that sounds weird, like, and especially with everything that's happened with Bikram and, and all that stuff in the last several years. That Let's just keep that out of it. We're just talking about the, the yoga. That was after the Pilates for me. I was on the road a lot and I traveled and uh, I was basically living in Orange County out of a hotel and there was a hot, you know, there was a hot yoga place. And then I had heard about it, but then I heard about Bikram and it just kind of hit the radar for me. Like I didn't know much about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I went in there. <laughs> I was having a tough time getting my workouts during during the, the workday. It was so intense. And again, I was kind of traveling. I was, when I say I was living in SoCal or in Orange County, like living is not really the right word. I was surviving existing. down there and existing yeah. down there. So I would get up. There was a class at 5.30 in the morning. It's 90 minutes. So it would go 5.30 yeah. to 7, right? And that, I could manage to do that. It was not, it was fairly close to the hotel. But dude, like I learned a lot about myself in that class. And it wasn't for me for the long term. But I went to probably a dozen of these things in the time that I was in this particular location. And I got to tell you, like I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about where I needed to do some work, you know, both internally and externally. Uh, and again, I put myself in that kind of that uncomfortable environment. So I think, you know, like getting yourself out of the gym is, is an option, yeah, right? And getting yourself absolutely. into a different environment. Or the other thing is like, pulling somebody into the gym, like you said, like get a workout partner or invite somebody in or ask somebody if you can join them is a great way to get some variability. But again, there's all these fitness domains you can train. And I think a lot yeah. of people just get dead, you know, they get their, their head set around, you know, I got to strength train. Yeah, you do. You know, I need to do, there needs to be some type of a Metcon component. Yeah. You should probably be doing that too. Oftentimes there's power because people are into the Olympic weightlifting or the kettlebell yeah. work and things like that, especially on the CrossFit side of things or the plyometric side. There's so many things you can do, um, that, you know, you know, that's out there. None is better than the other. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So you're never going to choose anything wrong. Just choose to do something different and see how that works for you. Because there's a never ending list of things you can do that's well, different. It's so funny. We talk about periodization, right? And we're talking about like, you know, people get like, I want a power lift or I want to strength train. So they get into power lifting. It's like, you know, five, six, seven weeks go by and it's like, oh, it starts to get easier. So they stay there. Whereas like, that's not like you should be cycling out, right? Where it's the bodybuilder. Where, oh, I, I got used to metabolic adaption. I got used to lactic acid. So they stay there. Same thing with the endurance athletes. They stay there. They never want to go, go get mm. uncomfortable where it's like, no, I'm really good at muscular endurance, but like my run run max sucks. Right, right. Right. So being able to be like, I know this is going to suck coming from here to here to here, but like being okay with the general one, two weeks sucking, yep. getting better, getting better and cycling out and consistently doing that through all of the aspects of fitness, you're going to be phenomenal. Yeah, it, it, it can be a lot of fun. It can be a lot of fun. So I think, you know, if you focus on that, like, what do you think is going to be fun? Go give it a try. If you hate it, cool. Move on to something else. Move on else. to something else. Move yeah. on to something else. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Iron Sights. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review, and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.